You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Perth, welcome to another edition of the World Football Program. Many thanks to AD and Heather for another excellent show of Celtic Rambles. You'll be able to catch Celtic Rambles again next week, as you said, at the same time, 8 till 10 a.m. every Saturday morning here on 107.9 Radio Fremantle. As I said, you are listening now to the World Football Program, your dedicated two hours on Radio Fremantle of all things round ball. We are here thanks to our partners, Futsal WA, Perth's Premier Futsal Competition. Contact Greg Farrell to join the Superliga or whatever level of futsal you want to do. There's always a place for you there. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron for custom-built fencing, gates and automation. And Gate and Fence Hardware WA for all related hardware and automation packages to DIY and make your place look... How's that go again, Penny? Schmicko! Joining me in the studio at the moment is Tony Campbell. Good morning, Tony. How are you today? I'm very good, very good. Thanks for having me on. No, it's my pleasure, uh, and I'm sure the listeners really do appreciate it that uh, I'm not flying solo again. Blaine Treadgold. Blaine, you drive safe out there, mate. He's on the way in as well. He's just uh, hitting a few traffic issues, which is typical here in Perth. You know, he must have hit a roundabout because those Perth drivers, when, as soon as they hit a roundabout, it's like, what do I do? What do I do? Just keep going, mate. Just keep going. <laughs> we've got a big show lined up today, Tony. It's, we've got Tim Hodgson, that uh, superstar that is Tim Hodgson. He'll be joining us very, very soon. Uh, he'll be talking about all things in the world of Tim Hodgson. We'll have Mitch Kelman joining us after that. Uh, Mitch Kelman is a Perth United legend, uh, former Golden Boot winner, 2019 Division Two Golden Boot winner. So we're going to have to ask him if he scored the uh, the perfect hat trick. He's a he's a striker. 
There's nothing more better than a perfect hat-trick. That's nothing better at all. Yep. I think, you know, left foot, right foot header. That's the one. That's it. We're going to have Matt Stacey joining us uh, around about the middle of the show. He's going to talk to us what's going on in that space at Perth Glory with the ownership deal, whether that's been ticked off. I haven't checked the, the media and, and that sort of thing, but um, my hope is that it is that Catania group because they have football at heart. And as I said to Matt, uh, off-air and on-air, if that kicks in, we might be getting that link to Catania youth players coming through and getting their first team experience here in Perth with the glory and then going on to become superstars for the Italian side. Uh, we've seen that happen with a few clubs that have, uh, you know, the, the major club. Well, I mean, the, the City Group, for example. Mm. I mean, they've got clubs all over the world. Uh, that's how they got Aaron Moy for... Well, let's face it, they paid themselves 10 million bucks. You know, they gave, they gave Melvin uh, City... Um, absolutely bugger all, and then uh, loaned him out to Huddersfield and then sold him to Huddersfield for 10 mil. It was like, how does that work, mate? But anyway, that's a different story. Alexandra Lyons will join us in the second hour. She is the UWA NFC president, and she's going to be talking all about uh, what's going on there and they've recent promotion into the women's NPL, so that's exciting for news and space there at UWNA. And then friend of the show... Friend of the show, she is the show. Miranda Templeman will be joining us in the last hour and she'll be talking about all things that are happening in the world of Miranda, uh, particularly now that uh, Lydia Williams has joined the Melbourne Victory set up there. Uh, we were all very, very buoyant that her time had come, Miranda's time had come, and it still happened, May. Uh, you know, it's a big, big name in front of her on paper, uh, performances will actually make sure that she gets where she needs to get to. But Lydia Williams is uh, the big signing for the Melbourne victory. Tony, some of our listeners may not uh, know who you are. Do you want to give us a brief rundown of the Tony Campbell story, please? Oh, well, where, where, where do I start? <laughs> where, where do I start? Don't start, <laughs> don't start at the hospitals. <laughs> <laughs> won't go back that far, won't go back far. Um, yeah, so um, I've been involved in the game a fair bit. Yeah, yeah. where um, at, mate? Oh. Um, I'm not one of those who have a, huge, a full set of golf clubs in terms of clubs, <laughs> but um, uh, I've, I've been at a few. But the last few years, I've been uh, I've just been at Linwood, really, just coaching my boys down there yeah. and uh, Linwood United. Um, a little bit involved with uh, Ashfield. Um, I did it, did that a few years ago, and uh, sort of a little bit involved with the sort of 18 resies yeah. there. But probably the biggest thing that I'm sort of involved with football is uh, we've got uh, at Linwood High School with our soccer academy there, our specialist program. Um, that's probably the, been the last 17 years of my life. 17? Uh, Far it's out. 17 this year, yeah. So Can, can you name drop? Who, who's come through that uh, programme um, that we would know of? Uh, well, we did have Jacob Collard come through. Wow. Um, he played a couple of games of the glory. Yes, um, Jamie Gibbons is probably the, the biggest name in terms of uh, our females that have come through. She... she um, played uh, with with the Australian squad, the youngest Australian squad, the youth squads there. And yeah. um, I actually didn't realise how good she was. Because <laughs> um, we, have, we have the boys and the girls programme. And um, so I, I mainly deal with the boys. And I knew she was a good player, but she was sort of, I think, played within herself when she was sort of playing at school a little bit. But I went over with uh, Nick Williams uh, with the, as manager for her state side in, uh, about 10 years ago for the under-17s. Oh, my God, she was phenomenal. She good. was an exceptional player. Exceptional, just... Uh, yeah, I was just in awe of her and I said, where's this? I've never seen this. Yeah. But when she wanted to play, um, and recently um, 
Um, Tyler Gardner, probably that's probably the name at the minute. He's uh, he's uh, involved in the uh, the Futsal Ruse. I think that I think that's the that, that's, that's, that's the actual name. Yeah. Um, I know we don't call it uh, national teams. Cup coming up, haven't they? The Futsal Ruse. Well, no, it's the um, AFC Championship. AFC Championship. Yeah. Sorry, so they just qualified. Mate, yeah. So um, Tyler's. I mean, Tyler is probably one of the best indoor. Uh, so, so futsal players, I should say, um, coming out of the state. Um, I'm, I'm, good, I'm good, um, uh, friends with uh, Eldon Abrahams. I played with him in the state team yep. back in 1993, yep. many, many years ago. <laughs> and he was the... Um, Just yesterday, mate. <laughs> he, he, um, he played for Australia. He got, um, he got picked from Australia from that Nationals. Wow. And, um, and he went to Brazil. I think he almost got offered a... Um, Something something happened, but he got offered a position to play in Brazil. Nice. Didn't quite work oh, out. Not like necessarily it. from his perspective. I think it, uh, the politics of the game played yeah, a bit of a factor, unfortunately. Yeah. But he was the last WA, um, I believe, last WA national futsal player. And Tyler's the next. So it's been, again, I can't do the math, but what, 30 years? Um, 30 years since the last one. So, and, um, so it's great to see Tyler. He's such a, an exceptional human being, great player. Um, and he's thoroughly deserved it. I mean, I to be honest, I can't believe that he's been overlooked um, for so long outdoor. Uh, we, um, we have that hassle over here, you know, like out of mind, out of sight. You know, you're the other side of the country. There's mm. no, nothing good to be found there. I, there might be that that uh, what's her name? That uh, that Kerr girl. I mean, she's she's quite good, isn't she? <laughs> decent, Where did she decent, come yeah, from? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, that that Eastern States mentality of oh, the only. Good things come out of that side of the uh, mm. the country is just bollocks. But no, look, we do get we do have some good players. And like I said Tyler's Tyler's a great player. Aren't lucky. He's a plays. He's currently playing at Kingsway. He's um, and carving it up there. It's just in fact, I think if I'm correct, I think he made the state team to play against the Glory a couple of weeks ago. Right. I think, I think he was in that as well. I think good he one. made that team. So yeah. So there's a, yeah, just a couple of names there. And, and we've had like I said, there's a lot of lot of boys that have come through that, that are playing and uh, and and some and some girls that are playing. Um, you know, in the NPL and. And so forth, and in in, uh, in WA. So um, yeah, yeah. We it's, look. It's a great little program. Um, we've actually got a. I'm going to have to do a plug. Do it. Do it. We have our last our last trials for year sevens, and uh, we're especially looking uh, for girls. Um, yep. We've got a few a few spots. There's a couple of spots left for the boys. It's our last trial, but definitely for the girls. Yep. And um, we've got um, Australian coach of the year, Anne Gooley. Um, great. So um, she's a, she's an excellent coach. Um, really, really good. With the girls, so um, you know, you know, Australian coach FIFA, uh, sorry, FFA coach of the uh, coach. Yeah, you can't get any better, can't than, get better that. than that. No, so uh, uh, we'll, we'll get into those details uh, throughout the show on how mm. they can, uh, how our listeners can get in touch with that. But like I said, I've got big news as well. It's a good segue with the uh, women's A League kicking off tonight with the Glory taking on Western United at uh, Fortress Massey. The World Football Programme have got a giveaway. We've got a giveaway. Ten. Ten double passes, electronic passes for you to get in to the game tonight. All you have to do is uh, name the superstar that is Samantha Kerr. <laughs> That's all you have to do. Just a hard question. It's, it's, it's a difficult, difficult quiz. It really is. You just go to the World Football Programme Facebook page. Uh, and if you sign up there to become a member of that Facebook page, you've got to become a, a, a member. What is? Hang on, what's Penny put down here? Uh, I, oh, you've got to wait. Here we go. I'll do it correctly. Tell the winners to message the World Football Program Facebook group, identify themselves, and she will cross it. It's the first ten people who, in the message, 
put down that superstar, Sam Kerr. That's all you have to do. Sam Kerr, and you're in the running. Is spelling count? Well, S-A-M-K-E-R-R, you know, so I can't make it any easier than that. Go to the World Football Program Facebook page. In the message, put in Sam Kerr. The first ten correct entries, thank you, Tony, just in case, the first ten correct entries will get an electronic, an electronic double pass to go and watch the Perth Glory kick off their season against Western United at Fortress Macedonia. Well, that's good news. Penny will be uh, in charge of all that one. We are going to a quick break because I can see (laughs) he's out there going, let me in, and I will definitely let him in. You're on the World Football Programme with Tony Hugh and soon to join us, Blaine Treadgold. Plenty more to come. We will have Tim Hodgson on next. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 or simply at www futsalwa.org.au Gate and Fence Hardware WA your one stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security we can offer great advice and solutions for your project trade and layman welcome hardware shipped all over Australia contact the team on 9258 6822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Raw Iron is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install, or automate your gates, offer electronic security, or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And welcome back to Radio Fremantle, the World Football Programme. Good morning to Blaine Treadgall. Big good morning, boys. Yeah, big good morning to all the listeners. Um, yeah, a little bit happening. It's a bit warm out there and uh, just getting myself going on this Saturday morning. But uh, yeah, yeah we, we thought you might have got stuck at a roundabout. But, uh, <laughs> that's a story for a different day. Joining us on the air right now is Tim Hodgson. Good morning, Tim. How are you today? Yeah, great, you. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey, Tim. Oh, very well. Tim, it's been a while since I've had a chat to you. What's been going on in the world of Tim Hodgson, mate? Oh, well, <laughs> stepped back from many things. Yeah. Actually found a life, but there is life outside <laughs> of football. Is it? Now. I don't think yeah. that exists. <laughs> yeah. But uh, obviously, uh, from a business point of view, which is obviously in the football space, uh, it's extremely busy now with tournaments uh, up in Asia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. You're the Managing Director at Leisure Sports and Football Everywhere. Can you uh, explain to the listeners exactly what that entails, please? Well, essentially, 
Uh, I've created uh, tournaments in various parts of Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them I've handed over to local companies, but now just collaborate with them on those tournaments um, and then promote those tournaments to teams in Australia to try and get them to think it's a good idea that it, they should participate in an international competition. So we've got tournaments in uh, Singapore, Malaysia and Thailand. Right. And some, uh, most of them are youth uh, tournaments, which we have uh, Football West uh, send all their regional teams nice. to, so they're giving opportunities to the regional players. Um, South, Football South Australia do exactly the same thing. So they, they're sending teams to Singapore along with uh, uh, a number of club teams from around Australia as well. There's tournaments in Borneo that um, Football West have just uh, participated mm-hmm. in. Uh, and uh, we'll be sending teams to uh, tournaments in KL and Thailand. Um, that's for the kids. For the adults, we have uh, fives and sevens tournaments in Phuket. Um, I love Phuket. Do you play at the Phuket Stadium? No, no. Oh. We we play at uh, we play at venues that have synthetic surfaces. Because obviously the tropical weather—that's right, yeah—and it would turn a grass field into a bog. So, <laughs> yeah, find... so it's just a, it's a matter of just trying to provide opportunities for um, Australian teams to participate in international uh, competition, and probably slightly cheaper than sending teams over to Europe, as they're our close neighbours, of course. Exactly right. How do you find uh, the? Um, the conditions. So we we here in this country are used to playing on grass, but as you say, once you go into Southeast Asia with the you know, the, the different um, environmental conditions, and you have to adapt your game to to play on synthetic. Have you seen the players have to? Uh, have, you know, I, have I seen them collapse and exhaust? And- <laughs> Yeah. I wasn't going to go the that far, Tim. The, but yeah. of their, the soles of their shoes melting off. That's, yeah, exactly right. I was going to say. I guess, you know, these <laughs> tournaments are in, in tropical uh, climes. Yep. Um, so that in itself is quite a challenge for teams. Sure. And many teams are quite naive about, uh, you know, hydration and recovery in those situations. Oh, yeah. If, if you then um, throw a synthetic surface into the mix, um, you've got a you know, 10 degrees hotter surface. And, you know, we have certainly had uh, sort of Aussie kids and even the locals that would walk off the field and before they actually have a drink with their water bottle, they're spraying their boots with the, <laughs> with the water just to cool things yeah, down. Yeah. But, so it, it is... It is um, you know the conditions are trying, but you know I guess the the thing about international competition and the, the way that we try and promote it is that it provides opportunities for for kids to get a taste of a small taste of what it would be like to be a professional player, mm-hmm. uh, and you know tr- you know travelling to to different countries, the punctuality that's yeah. required, the team meetings, how important recoveries are. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously playing against totally different styles yeah. of of play uh, and systems. So, you know, after these sort of tournaments, what I've found is that 
kids who are, are ambitious are probably motivated right. by the whole experience mm-hmm. and then, you know, strive to go even further. And others feel that, well, this isn't for me. Yeah. What do you mean I've got to wake up and I've got to be at the bus at this time? And what, a recovery session? You've got to be joking. So, so yeah, that's sort of how we promote it. And some, some people uh, use it uh, for that benefit and to give the players an understanding. Um, others, clubs go with families, etc., and they use that as a bit of a family holiday and, a, and an end-of-season trip, essentially. Yeah, I was going to ask whether that was the case. But so... The, the takeaway from that, Tim, you, you are basically uh, getting these kids to be self-reliant. It, it's not a, um, for want of a better phrase, an escorted tour. Like, here's your boots, here's your here's your kit, you know, I'm going to wake you up, Here, here's where you get your breakfast. You, you're getting these kids to become self-disciplined and, and taking care of their own itinerary, for, for want of a better phrase. Well, fortunately, it's not me that's running the that's team. That's it, not you. <laughs> so, I mean, Tony can attest to it because he's probably coming over in December with yep. Inwood High School. I was School. just going to ask, how's our, how's our little uh, competition, uh, how we're setting it up? Is it, is it all ready to go or ready to move yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, we, we're still working on finding anyone that's brave enough to play against you guys. <laughs> yeah, well... So we're... They're, they're shaking in their boots over there at the moment, <laughs> I Well, I think this is our... Um, well, with you, I think it's probably about sixth time we've been with you. We, we started going in 2004 to Singapore, I think, and then um, and then we jumped with you with 2012, I think. So I think it's what probably our fifth, fifth or fourth, fifth or sixth. Yeah, I think. No, it's probably it's probably been been longer, but um, certainly uh, Limwood Limwood. Uh, you know, it, it's schools are obviously dictated by times of year yeah. as well, um, which impacts on it. So um your school obviously goes essentially on a tour independently of any tournament but we, obviously we're creating a school we do like to, we do like going in week nine because it does sort of then we come back and we, you know we we, 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 have, we we come back on the tuesday of week 10 and then it's only two or three days left of school so I'll pack the bags and then where we go. <laughs> but, but i will attest to what, what tim was saying we um we're actually uh, on monday when i go back to school um after school we, we, we actually are going to train for for uh, for Singapore because it is it is what as exactly what Tim said we actually treat it like an, an exposure for mm. them going away yeah. you know and um, so I actually got a little PowerPoint I do a little fifteen twenty minute little lesson and yep. then and then we get them doing training but we do talk about the hydration yeah. they've got to have two water bottles with them if not there's a bit of a consequence um, we talk about what they should be eating because it it is. We do control a little bit, but it's also mm. we require them to have a lot of self-management um, and, and there's a lot of trust put in there. So after a number of years, we realised sort of what works and how we get this message across. And we've had some, the last time we went in 2000, was 18, I think. Um, we had a fantastic group and um, it was a really, really, really good trip. But look, to be fair, they're all great trips. <laughs> yeah. They're all great trips. Absolutely <laughs> superb trips. Exactly. But we do, we sort of, we really spell it out because it, it, going over there, they just don't realise. And in fact, for our training, um, I'm not too sure, you know. It, 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 it is legal what I'm doing with them. Um, <laughs> Hang on a minute. Um, but we, uh, I, do, I tell the kids to come. They've got to wear. Um, so I put them in the gym and it's indoor. Yep. Um, and it's like three or four o'clock. And uh, I tell them got to wear tracksuit pants. They've yep. got to wear three t-shirts and a jumper and a beanie. And they're playing a game of indoor. And no aircons oh, allowed. Climatization. Climatization. That's how you cook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's it. Climatization training. And like if that, anyone okay. if anyone forgets to bring anything, I get to the lost property and I'm, and they, I, I pile on an extra <laughs> oh, couple no. extra. Things. So not only oh, no. <laughs> it's like using the sock in the shoe yeah. store, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, you'd never forget your shirt again. No, it's you? gonna be because my, t- my two boys are going this month this year, and they they're not aware. Like because we haven't been for a few years, usually oh, we have no. some of the younger ones, and then they go the second time. But because uh, of COVID, obviously this yeah. is this is the first time for everyone. So there's no sort of uh, and no one's really prepared for it and everything like that. So um, I've got my two boys going. So. Uh, yeah, they'll uh, they'll soon be bringing their like three jumpers and beanie and stuff, and uh, yeah, acclimatization the best I can possibly yeah. do. Tim, how can we get in touch if uh, people are listening and go, "Wow, that sounds great! I'd like to get on uh, on board with that." H- how can schools or clubs get involved, please? Yeah, so they can um, contact me, Tim at leisureevent.com.au, yep. or they can visit the footballanywhere.com uh, website mm-hmm. and that gives some information of uh, the tournament and there's also a Facebook page football football anywhere brilliant and what's the absolute next one we're saying that the Singapore one is the the very next one or there's a singer cup isn't it Tim I think coming up for because yeah, uh, we singer missed cup, that yeah the, the singer cup uh, is well the Borneo cup has just happened right how do we go that, there that's during that's during the school holidays and that's actually run by uh, ex Socceroo Scott Olorenshaw. Oh, okay. Um, so I helped bring Australian teams uh, to that one. So that one's happened. Then uh, we've got the Singer Cup uh, in the the first sort of two weeks of November. Then I'll go to Phuket for three or four weeks for fives and seven seven aside. Then we've got the youth, Phuket Youth Cup. That's um, that's happening at the end of that, so right at the beginning of December. Then I've got to fly to Singapore to meet Tony. Right. And and then I'll stay there for a while, and then we've got a couple of girls' teams uh, from Perth. Uh, sorry, one from New South Wales and Kalmar from here that are going to a tournament in um, in KL uh, and the 8th, 9th, 10th of uh, December. So oh. it's a six-week jumping from country to country to meet for the various tournaments just to make sure that everything's going smoothly for the, the Aussie teams that are participating. Sounds a terrible job jumping from country. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. football around Asia. Yeah, I was going to say, you, if you need an offside of this, three guys here, they're going, hey, if you've got room in your luggage, just throw me in the suitcase. <laughs> well, the thing is, as you know, I'm, I've been involved in a women's game and yes, passionate for the women's yep. game uh, very strongly, and it, it, it's been a... <laughs> A major task to uh, to try and get the the women's categories in these tournaments actually up and running. Oh, okay. Well, um, why would do you find that, Tim? Is it uh, more a cultural thing? Because we uh, yeah, possibly a cultural thing. It's not as big in Southeast mm-hmm. um, Asia. It it is growing, um, but it's probably more cultural. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a bit slow on the on the uptake, really, because. Um, you know, there's other things that they probably prefer to focus focus on. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's the deal. But, you know, we hope to next year have a girls-only tournament Good. in uh, Bangkok as wow. well. But there's girls' categories in the Singapore tournament Good. and the KL tournament, and then we'll have the Bangkok girls uh, next year as well. So we try and get the Red Star, Redbacks girls going to, going to those if yep. we can. yep. That's excellent. Tim, we've got a packed show. I really do uh, appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to give us a, 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 a chat. Um, 
Anything else? I you... You're going to be talking about Redbacks for 20 minutes. Well, I, I could have done. I was just saying to, to Tony. I think the last time we actually had a, a, a fairly good chat was uh, at the Redbacks up at Celebration Park. It wasn't me abusing you when you were repping the game. Uh, well, see now, see, I use the word yeah. chat. <laughs> Most people who heard it probably would have said, "Yeah, that's probably more like shouty." <laughs> no, you were always a gentleman on the sideline, as you still are, Tim. Thank you very much for taking our phone call. You stay safe, and we will talk to you soon if that's okay with you. All right, cheers, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having us, Tim. Bye for now. Bye, mate. And that was Tim Hodgson, the Managing Director at Leisure Sports and Football Everywhere. If you want to get involved in some of those international tournaments, by all means, you just jump onto those uh, links that Tim has mentioned. How cool is that? So you, you're involved in that? Yeah, look, we, we, like I said, we, well, we, every two years, I said, a COVID sort of has thrown us, yeah. you know, that big spanner in the works. But um, look, and Tim does a great job. Um, it's, it's, it's really good, you know, great hotels. And we get the proper big buses like like yeah, very yeah. similar to what they see in the Premier League when yeah. they're coming off and we're walking off and well, I read a book just the, the other day like um, it was bemoaning the fact that football at the stages that you're talking about Tony is you know a hobby it's a sport it's a it's a you know a physical activity and they were bemoaning the fact that it's now become industry mm. but that uh, what yourself and uh, Tim were talking about is a good eye-opener for those kids that uh, are going to have that tran- transition from it's you know something to do on the weekend to maybe it's something I can do for a living. But, but it's, I was just, it's, it's sort of like a two, two-way thing, you know, sort of it's, it's that exposure for those. Because um, in WA, I, you know, I've been involved in state teams and the, the biggest thing is really, I don't think we realise yeah, we'll what's out there yeah. in terms of the quality. And it's not necessarily we have bad players, but we just we just we just don't get them to that level. So the more trips, and also mm. because of we have to travel further mm. than anyone else. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So the more trips, just the exposure of living, because it's not just good players in, but it, playing on the field, but it's them actually preparing for their games. Yep. So the more trips, even if it was school trips, and if you've got a, um, a you know good uh, teacher and coach that actually treats it properly, like mm-hmm. that's where we would try and do with the boys and the girls we take. It's a great exposure, but yep. also it's just a great trip. Like I've got an alumni group from the school. And um, we're do, going to do some five-a-side and all that type of stuff. But they're talking. They want to do another trip to Singapore. Good. Stay in the same hotel. Mm. Do the same. Yeah. Go, you know. And these are 20, 25, 30-year-old yeah. yeah. you know, kids that I still call them. You know? Well, Sam, if I get my Subidio plug in, which I try to do every show, um, I found that as well. Like Most of the Subidio players in Australia are based on the eastern seaboard. But for me here in Perth, it's cheaper and almost the same flight time to go to Singapore. Mm. And... You know, when given that option to want to go to Sydney and play, or to want to go to Singapore and play, no brainer. Yeah. <laughs> just, just back on, I guess your point there, and it's quite an interesting conversation when you brought up that people see football now as an industry, yeah. but there's there's starting to be a little bit of a shift, isn't there? Mm. And they're saying, look, only one to two percent will ever go on and make That's this right. a career. So we're not better. We're better off focusing on the masses, just getting more and more yeah. kids 100%. in. Hundred percent. And getting them feeling good about the game, getting the skills up, rising everyone, yeah. you know, uh, as a whole, rather than just focusing on that one or two percent. Yeah, yeah, and it also makes it, um, you know, say little Johnny or little Jenny who thinks that they're the best in the state, if they then go into a foreign environment playing against foreign players, and and you know everything is exactly that, just completely what the hell is going on, and then find out that there is some work to be done, mm-hmm. that they, yeah, uh, are, are probably the best player at their level at that club but 
in the worldwide scheme of things, uh, there's some work to be done yes. here. Yes. But it's good that, like, so with these trips, it's, it's even if, uh, like, you know, uh, you, statistically, I can, I can, I can put my house on, and I've, like, said some great players, Tyler and Jacob, yeah, yeah, yeah. and other players along those lines. You could put your house on them, making it as a professional player, because yep. it's like winning lottery. Yeah, it's yep. it's millions to one. Um, but it doesn't mean you can't give them, like, I said that this trip, this trip to Singapore, mm. we're doing mm. this exposure, lifetime to experience, and, yeah, and, mm. and you should give them that taste, and to, and you know, we make them feel like a professional. You yeah. know, we want to make them. We do the recovery, we, you know, and. and and what we, we do with the transport and the hotel. And and like now that. that Australia is so intrinsically linked to Asia, particularly yeah. at that elite level, yeah. I remember when we first moved in, That's we right. were so naive. Oh, exactly. We yeah. were so, so naive. Well, we that, were going uh, and playing on cow paddocks and getting, Cup when, getting done terribly. Yeah. I, I was at 2007 and we were shocking. That was our golden generation. Yeah, that was playing right. there. That's, that's we the were so, yeah, yeah. We were so naive. And we go we there thinking we're going to win the whole lot. We've got the golden generation. We just qualify for the World Cup. We'll just steamroll everything. It's like, hang on a minute. What the? <laughs> Before you know what you're playing in 35 degrees in yeah. Jordan, you know yeah. what I mean? So I think I mean, these, these teams have been yeah. playing again. Like we hadn't been, we were in Oceania, so we weren't playing. Yeah. No, it's the like same right. thing. We, yep. A bit like WA, we weren't playing yeah. anyone. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, oh yeah, we've got good players. We'll think, well, Japan, Korea, mm. yeah. you know, yeah. um, or, you know, all these countries and the Middle Eastern countries they, they've had they've got World Cup pedigree absolutely yeah. well they're, they're the names to know but it's, it's the, the emerging talent in Vietnam it's the Philippines when we went to the Philippines um, and, and needed results there and we struggled to get a nil-nil draw and mm. people were going what the hell it's the Philippines uh, not the Philippines uh, Thailand I was yeah. thinking yeah. Yeah. sorry I've got the Philippines on the brain there because they've also emerging as well but when we went to Thailand and going we should just pump them yeah. and it was like you were lucky to walk away in those conditions on their pitch with their fans with a nil-nil it was a pretty narrow Approach oh, by Australia when we first went into Asia. Absolutely, with, with no backing. We had yeah. we, we hadn't been to the World Cup at that point <laughs> since 1974. Yeah, you know? yes. Yeah. Well, that's a discussion we can have all day, and I'm uh, very keen to do that. But <laughs> I've got Mitch Kelman lined up, and he will be joining us very, very shortly. He's going to talk to us about his football journey, uh, the superstar striker down at Peel United. Stick with us. You've got Blaine, Tony, and Hugh. On the uh, on the airways for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9. Plenty more to come. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Raw Iron is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Iron. 
Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And welcome back to <laughs> welcome back to Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Just a quick reminder, those double passes to the Glories game opener, the season opener tonight against Western United. All you have to do is go to the World Football Programme Facebook group, identify yourself, because you will, because you're going to have to uh, put down Sam Kerr as the answer. And the question was, who's Sam Kerr? Simple <laughs> as that. That's all you have to do to win an electronic... Double pass to go to the glory to see Western United. It'll be sent to you. You don't have to come into the studio to pick it up. We will send it to you. Penny is in charge of all of that. Uh, you just need to become a member of the group. That's just clicking a quick little banner at the top there. Job done. Free pass. We're, we're giving away tickets. That's all you have to do is write down that answer. Sam Kerr to the question, who is Sam Kerr? Joining us now on the line is Mitch Kelman. Mitch, good morning. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm oh, excellent, mate. Joining me in the studio is Blaine and, and Tim. Mitch, Golden Boot winner. We were asking the question on air and off air, the guy, the perfect hat-trick. How many times have you scored one of those, mate? Must be, what, six, seven times the perfect hat-trick? <laughs> there, there's been a few. Uh, I'll always remember the one on the uh, the last day of the year. Yeah, that, that one's cemented in my memory for sure. Is that the one that got you the boot? Yes, it is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I need three goals in the last game. Well, let's just do a perfect hat-trick. That'll fair, make it to exactly that. Um, Mitch, you uh, had a, a pretty rough time of it in recent years with your uh, your injury. How are you recovering from that, mate? Uh, yeah, good, actually. I mean, like anyone, I guess everyone always says, you know, it's a bit of a two-year injury because you've got yeah. not really the physical hurdles to get over, but the, but the mental ones. Yeah. Um, um, and I was going to say, yeah. before we start, uh, those that may not know uh, Mitch, who is a goddamn legend down the uh, down the Pearl region, can you give us the Mitch Coleman footballing story? And as I said to Tony, you don't have to start at the hospital, but, you know, <laughs> junior clubs and, and where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start from the guest at the very beginning, which I guess, which is where everyone starts from. Yep. The uh, the young kid full of energy, bouncing off the walls, yeah. and his parents <laughs> probably thought, all right, we're going to get this kid in a sport. He's got to go to bed at night. Yeah. <laughs> and that sport became football. Yes, yeah. My parents, they let me choose what sport I oh, wanted. That's nice. So, yeah, I went down and football is what caught my eye and still is what I obviously play to, to this day. And who'd but, you start uh, with, yeah, mate? I started locally. So <laughs> I don't know how I did it, but my dad used to coach me. Uh, right. I mean, credit to him and credit to all the other dads out there that yeah. have the patience to coach that that young age, hard yeah. to keep all those kids in line. Yeah, yeah, no, I got uh, raped in, the, similar to your, to your dad. Uh, the young lad was playing down at Balga and, oh, Huey, uh, you're a referee, you know soccer, you're coaching. Oh, gee, thanks for volunteering me, mate. No worries, but yeah. That's... I don't think I've ever heard anyone say, you're a referee, you know soccer. <laughs> yeah. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Door's over there, mate. <laughs> and, and you can leave in about another hour and a half. <laughs> Oh, that's unfair. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I just, the opening was there. <laughs> yeah, well, as I do. I'll, I'll set him up. You boys knock him down. It's easy as. <laughs> and you're still with Pill United, Mitch? Yes, yeah. Well, I ended up at Mandra City, obviously. like When you're young, Mandra's probably and still is to this day the highest 
level of local football you can play. Yeah. So spent a lot of my youth down at Mandra. Until about 16, 17, I think we got promoted to the the NPL at the time. And, yep. Um, yep. Yeah. We are... Uh, we were about 13, 14 different guys that never really knew each other, and uh, we were getting absolutely smoked every Sunday. <laughs> wow. So that was probably the first time I actually stopped enjoying football. You know, when you take out the wins and you fill it full of losses, it's quite tough. Yeah, no, we were discussing on the on the show throughout the year the um, that sort of mindset that Curtin Uni must have had in the women's NPL where they were getting absolutely belted. Uh, and, and they were turning up week in, week out, and it... it Really does test your character to uh, to rock up and think to yourself this this is our week we'll, we'll take them on again and and get the result that we need and then you you know an hour and a half later you sort of look at the scoreboard and go oh, again and then yeah. yeah it just makes it tough I was um, yeah when I was a youngster the side that we were playing in we we played eighteen games and had over a hundred goals kicked against us. We uh, we ended up getting a draw in the last game of the season and we just celebrated like a cup win. It was ridiculous. It was like the World Cup win. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> oh, was two two. Like we there was the first time all season we scored two goals in, in, in one game and we you beauty, you know, it was like, mate, you, the other team are looking at us going, What's going on? Like it, we you know, we drew two two and they're carrying yeah, but what they didn't realise, well probably they did, that was our first and only point of the season. Shocking, but it, it, as I say, it's a, the, the test of character. Now we had a chat uh, just the other day, Mitch. Liverpool, really? I mean, yes, I yeah. mean, uh, that, that, so, that, that, that's my sentence. Liverpool, comma, really? Question mark. Why? Come on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, look, Dad's from Liverpool. Well, Pop's from Everton, but Dad's from Liverpool, so it's a bit of a disciple. Oh no, to, to make there, yeah. Well, you at I'm least you picked the right to, one. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know a couple of Everton fans, and, uh, yeah, I, I keep giving them the, uh, yeah, your favourites to go down. No, we're not. Yes, you are. You're rubbish, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's always good to give it to them, for sure. So when did you become a Liverpool fan? I know that, like you said there, you, you, you're popping your dad. Was that, uh, uh, you know, you can choose red or blue, but make sure it's red? Yeah, pretty much. That's exactly how it went down. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mum's side's from um, Netherlands, so he's an Ajax supporter, so there was a bit of a bogey one thrown in there as well. Oh, nice. Well, I think given, yeah. given the choice, I know which one I would have gone for. Listeners know their mind on that one. It's like, hey, he's not going to go for Liverpool or Everton. Ajax, fantastic. So, um, Liverpool, in, in the current format that they have, I mean, they've got a decent squad, but why are they... You know, sort of underperforming, I'm, and that's just me being a, a West Brom fan. You know, underperforming in the Premier League. Yeah, turn it up, mate. You're not anywhere near it. But with the squad they have, you would expect, I would expect Liverpool oh, to be yeah. to be doing it. You know, significantly better than what they are at the moment. Can we um, can we blame Poch? Or can we blame uh, you know Big Ange? Can we blame can we blame anyone else? You know, can we? Because you know I'm going to go to Cloppy. You know I'm going to, you know, the, the buck stops at his door, surely. Do we blame Cloppy? I don't think so. Oh, come on, mate. Legend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a blind Liverpool supporter. I don't know if they're actually playing all that bad. I just think that the standard's gone up so high. Like, if you want to win the Prem, you know it's only going to lose, like, a handful of games or forget about it, you know? I think Man City have just really changed the way football is. They just are determined to win every game and it's yeah, like back in the day you could get away with losing six or seven games, but 
these days, no way. And the top, the top six is going to get into a top eight now. Yeah. So how do you feel, uh, you know, as a Liverpool fan? Because back in the uh, in the late seventies, early eighties, that was Liverpool. Liverpool, and I don't like. No, I won't say they were the Man City because that's just ridiculous. Liverpool were the benchmark. They they were winning everything. You know, Shankly win at home, draw away, win the league. Thank you very much. Take a take a couple of cups, and you know we've had a good season. Uh, where has that gone with the Liverpool culture? Or do you think it's still there, mate? Oh, jeez. I don't know. Like, if you roll back two, three years, I mean, they were unbeatable, weren't they? They are like 48 yeah. games unbeaten at home. So I think there's dips and flows. I think they're probably just maybe missing one or two players. They just need, like, something to kick into gear and they might be that sort of team that with that sort of hunger. But uh, it's it's a strange thing at the top there. Like, you're missing one key component and you're off the mark, aren't you? Well, that's true enough. Could, uh, could, it, could it be also yeah. with, uh, you know, Klopp's seven-year... Uh, the seven-year itch again. Seven-year itch again, you know. Uh, here we go. Because the one thing with, with what Pep seems to do, he seems to change <laughs> his... You know, obviously he's getting some of the best players in, but he's changed... He always, you know, he had his box midfield yep. and now he's now he's playing a bit more of a direct game because of the high press mm-hmm. works. Because teams do adapt... Like there's no everyone was four three three, you know, with the, the two, with the yep. t- winger and attacking mid and the striker, and and that was the that was the golden formation. But if you look through history of the game, there's a golden formation that lasts for five or six years, and all the opposition teams figure it out. And you know, is is is, is um, Klopp is he still sort of playing? It's like Mourinho. Mourinho kind of is not quite as effective as he used to be because he hasn't really changed mm. how he plays. Is Klopp? You reckon Klopp's mm. similar? Is it just maybe that, or you know? I definitely agree. They, they were known as that high press counter attacking team. They were just scoring goals for fun. It was okay. You can score two goals on us, but we're going to score five on you. <laughs> and yeah, the I old Brazil style. Yeah, I think once they uh, figured it out, he probably struggled to reinvent that that sort of wheel that was winning in those games. And if you can't replace the players as effectively as you, as, yeah. as you had, because they're getting older, you know, you know, you had that sort of Henderson, Milner, and. You know, when you look at your strikers, you're sort of, after a few years, they can't do it forever. Yeah, no, absolutely. Not when the uh, Saudi League comes knocking as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah well, you mentioned that. So uh, how, do you, how do you see world football evolving now with the, with the Saudi League and the, the big bucks just going, we want that player and here's, you know, we don't, we don't take no as an answer. We, you know, no, not for that amount. Okay, well, here's some more. No, here's some more. <laughs> I, I, I find that league to be unsustainable, really. Um, we saw that with the Chinese Super League, where they were doing the same thing, getting the superstar players and here's a bucket load of money. Eventually, it it eats itself. You know, you, I, don't know, I don't like to say it about the Saudis. You're going to have to run out of money. Or, uh, as could be the case, they uh, they find a new plaything. Yeah, absolutely. I think the Chinese Super League is a really good reference for that because... Mm what was that five, six years ago? Yeah, yeah. It was almost like, okay, ev- everyone's going there and then what happened to it? It just disappeared. That's right. I think players themselves probably were like, oh, I probably don't want to actually play in this league. <laughs> the money's good, but it's not very enjoyable. Yeah. So, like, you'd like to hope there's still some history and some passion behind where the players want to play. You know, they want to play for these clubs. They want to play in these competitions because they mean something, because they've always meant something. Yeah. So, I mean, the Saudi League's good. I'd, I wish them all the best. I hope all the players don't leave. 
I think I'm we need sure. to be a little bit. I think we need to be a little bit careful about how we approach this, though, because it's it's all it's all well and good to say, hey, this is how we like our football. But we're then on the other side, we're saying, hey, it's a world game, it's inclusive as well. Right. So yeah. if they want to do that over in Saudi and they've got their money to, oh, no, exactly you know, right. to pay, then I think we need to be careful that we don't try and just shun it to the corner. No, when you could probably benefit in other areas from embracing it. No, I understand that, and yeah. exactly the point you make there, Blaine. That uh, being that they're in our confederation, if they are getting the top quality players, yep. for, for, well, however, uh, and they are getting their Saudi players learning uh, not only the skill sets, but as you were saying, Tony, the the professionalism of mm. how to become the best in the world. That's going to be good for the uh, for the. Saudi national team, which then becomes good for the AFC, which becomes good for Australia. Oh, I've got to admit, I've never, I haven't watched a minute of the Saudi league. No, 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 I, I haven't seen it at all. Me um, it doesn't at all, but there will be plenty within the Middle East that'll that'll there'll be oh, millions exactly within right. there that'll it's, flock it's, to it. So I think yeah. you you're in the same boat as most people. There, Blaine, that the only game that we have seen of the Saudi league was Ronaldo's first game against Messi. <laughs> yeah. you know, the, 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 the PSG game, and, yep. and that was that was it. Mm. It's like, well, okay. Yeah, it's a it's a strange one. It was interesting. You see, last night apparently um, Henderson got yeah got, got booed when he a bit of stick when, when the substitution when yeah. the substitution was made. Yeah, why? Which why? is I don't know why. It's a bit. I think uh, Mitch, why why would Henderson get to? You know, he's he's in the wide of England. You you're the best in the country. Why would he be getting booed? I don't really know. To be fair, <laughs> well, it's, it's, can't it's, just be because he's a Liverpool booed, player. Always, yeah, I find myself whenever I hear booze and stuff, I'm always reading these forums and it's about 10 different reasons, so oh. <laughs> it's always interesting to hear which one's actually the actual fans reason. Aren't, English fans aren't the best though, really, are they, when, when it comes to supporting England? You oh. know, they, they say they're all drumming the beat, beats and all that type of stuff, but they're, they're pretty nasty when, when, when things... Well, we saw that with... Um... With the Beckham at uh, 98. I mean, t- well, we saw when they lost the uh, Euros as well. Uh, Euros, <sighs> Italy. I mean, come on, it's, it's get to the finals, first final in, yeah. since '66, yeah. and you, yeah. in, a, in a game that was margins. Yeah. As a uh, staunch Australian fan, long may it continue, yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Good segue there, Blaine. So the game last night, um, Australia had the better of the uh, the team. Did you, firstly, did you see the game last night, Mitch? I actually missed the game last night. No. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, in case you uh, uh, you're unsure, Australia won six <laughs> nil. So you know, we, we actually <laughs> quality game. That's why I didn't bother watching. We, we actually bossed the game, and uh, oh, hang on, I've just woken up. No, it brought Cahill on for a, a, a perfect hat trick. <laughs> no, we got done, but um, the performance was, I thought, um, encouraging. To one of a, a better phrase, you know, Ollie Watkins comes on and. Does what Ollie Watkins does, yeah, but you know, as a Aston Villa fan, that's the most I'm going to talk about him. Yeah. Uh, but the interesting, I thought the interesting thing there was um, Stephanie Frappard was the referee uh, again, putting the referee's cap on. So it was interesting to see her and, and she to to use that um, the abuse uh, situation. Her family, because uh, she's French, uh, her family said, "Don't take the you know decline the appointment mm. because you're going to Wembley." You're going to be the first female referee on Wembley's hallowed turf, or ex-hallowed turf, it's a new stadium now, and you make one decision that they're not happy with, will you be able to to, to take on that vitriolic abuse? But I thought she did a a fairly reasonable game. Um, Again, first uh, female to referee at the World Cup. The thing that surprised me about that appointment was when she was at the World Cup, she had a full female Mm. 
uh, Conlon. So the ARs, uh, the fourth official, I think the, the VARs might have been male. But for this particular game, again, it's UEFA not going all in with their embracement of, you know, it, it doesn't matter what gender you are. If you, you're the best available, you're the best available. But they made her, not made her, the appointment had uh, two French male of uh, assistance and the full VAR team was male as well. Mm. I thought that was a bit surprising that if you're going to back in uh, a referee such as Frappard, that you would back in her team because when you get to a FIFA level, you have a team. It was probably the right lit- litmus test, wasn't it? The conditions, Australia mm. against England. It's there's a bit of banter there. It's a bit. Of, it's a friendly rivalry if you That's like. Right. There's not much on the line. Um, so it's probably the right litmus test, if you ask yeah, me. But, I mean, th- that was her, her ninth uh, full international, like I yeah, said. Okay, so, yeah. and, and had refereed yeah. at the most recent World Cup sure. where she took on Germany. Well, took on, she officiated the Germany-Costa Rica game sure. where, where the Germans were in, well, as we found out, yep. they got uh, knocked out at the group stage. But they were in deep doo-doo at mm. that stage. So the pressure must have been on her there as well. But, as I say, FIFA backed in her full team, whereas UEFA went, eh, like, you know, maybe not. Thoughts on that one, Mitch, or it's a referee and, quite frankly, I don't want to talk about referees? Yeah, I don't trust them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust. I don't trust. There's something not right you keep about pushing them. this line. He's going yeah. to start talking about that offside. You know that. Oh, that's what I'm going. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm going. I'm itching to talk about it. <laughs> Go for it. No, no. Like I said, I'm, I'm setting it up, Mitch. You just knock it down. So about that offside decision, Mitch. <laughs> Cloppy wants the game replayed. I mean, uh, I also heard he wanted the 66 final replayed as well, but, you know, that, that could be another one as well. <laughs> Go on, ha- have you say, it, like I said, when uh, when I got in touch with you, it, you've got the time to vent your spleen, for want of a better phrase. I mean, had that been not a VAR decision and that offside was officiated as it had been, oh, you know, never mind, get on with it. Right, yeah. but because it was yeah. VAR, can't make a mistake with VAR. Oh, you're joking, mate! You can't. <laughs> you're joking. Oh, there's mistakes, but you can't. There shouldn't be any mistakes with VAR. Well, it should we... be perfect. Oh, yeah. Go on, Mitch. I, I think ha- it was have a go. The audio that really buried him. That, oh, was, yeah. that was what probably grinded me the most. It was almost like five different people all talking over each other, and it was incoherent. And then eventually they were like, "Oh, did the right decision get made?" And then I think one of them was saying. No, no, we can't stop the game. It's already restarted. Like, yeah, no, no. stop the game five minutes later on before to yep. bring back for a penalty. No, so, that, 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 no, no, but that, that's the rules of the game. Once you've restarted, you can't go back. Yeah. And well, I put that audio onto uh, the World Football Program Facebook page. Jump onto the World Football Program Facebook page to win tickets to the glory. <laughs> you just uh, put in Sam Kerr as your message and you will win. Um, and yeah, I put that on there. That audio was damning because they're going, just delay, just delay. And it's like, you're VAR. You're not even looking at the game. He's already started. Well, this is the whole thing with VAR. Is it still being interpreted by humans? We know that every time there's a human involved, there's going to be a yeah. possibility of human error. Yeah, and yep. that's exactly what we saw. In this case, it wasn't the fact that they got the decision wrong. It was the fact that the, I guess, the process, the communication mm. process in the lead-up to that yep. was just all over the place. Oh, and yeah. I guess, and this is where, you know, guys like Simon Hill bang on about it. Yes, it hasn't made the game any better at no, all. No. There's still human element. It's made so it worse. let's make that human element as organic as we can possibly get yep. and leave the technology behind. Yep. And the, and the added on time is just getting ridiculous. We saw, again, yep. back in that, that World Cup where the, the England game, well, we had, what was it, 20, 26 Mm. Minutes of added time in the first half? Come on, mate. I mean, that's, that's nearly a, you know, a third of the game 
as added on time because you can't get a decision right on VR. Whereas previously, referee, the assistant looks at that, goes, yeah, I don't think that's offside, let's go. Goal scored, no drama. Yeah. And you can debate that later on and go, oh, look, you know, margin here and a margin there. But VAR... I they seemed to seem to get it relatively well in the World Cup. It seemed to it seemed to. Oh no, he made sure of that. You know, yeah, yeah. Mr. Fantani yeah. made sure of that. But the Premier League just seems to. I, I don't know why we don't follow like the cricket, where the, the captain or the manager gets a challenge, two yeah. challenges. Yeah. If you get it right, you keep it, and then therefore it's not you're not stopping it every time. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you're going to use it, it's done twice, and yeah. I mean maybe that would reduce it, so you're not relying on it all the time. Well, we see that in rugby uh, league uh, yeah. at, at the um, the national level here in Australia, and I think it's also in the uh, the English Super League where you know the captain, oh, come on, mate, you got that one wrong. Well, it's up to you, captain. You've got a you've got an option. You can either have a have a word, and I'll say get on with it, or you can. Let's have a look. There's, I mean, there's no excuse to getting offside calls right. You're either onside or you're offside or you're level. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. But there's still interpretational calls, and I think that's where maybe a challenge could come in because yeah. the referee might interpret it this way mm. on his, I guess, view, and the captain might interpret it this way yeah. on his view. So yeah. there's, there's different ways to look at it. But as I said, I think every time there's a human involved, there's going to be a possibility of human error. I'll do the, uh, the refereeing side of things. That Women's World Cup with the shootout, Sweden and the USA, VAR got that one 100% mm. spot on. I, I, I saw that in real time and I thought, that's in. And then you saw the replay and going, crikey, I think she saved it. But that's a different yeah. uh, form of technology. That's a, oh, the goal line, yes. 100%. The goal line technology yeah. was, goal. was always going to be a winner. It, it always was because that is a no-brainer. It's either in or out. Mm. No problem. There's no human yep, error in that's that. Right. It, it either is or it isn't. Whereas VAR, particularly with these offsides, it's just. Does anyone know what the handball rule is anymore? Uh, <laughs> right. Mitch, can you give John. us anything on the handball rule? We've only got an hour to go. I think Mitch. it changes every game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, before we let you go, you haven't done a Maradona, have you? The, Come on. You've Me, a Maradona. Yeah, come on. Oh, like a handball. Oh, no, 100%. Yeah, I've had to have a few of those under my belt. You're beauty. <laughs> I thought you were saying get the ball from halfway, beat uh, six Englishmen and put it in the back of the net. No, no. Is that not the one you were going for? No, no, no. no. I was going to the, uh, the, the five-foot nothing up against a uh, seven-foot giant goalkeeper going, how did you get that? Because Shelton <laughs> can only jump about an inch. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You look at that replay, he barely got off the ground. He barely got off the ground. Uh, you know, no, I'm tall enough. I'll get jumped, son. Anyway. Mitch, before we let you go, anything else you'd like to leave us with? Uh, no, not at all. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the time. No, it's been our pleasure, mate. It's what a what a chat. <laughs> Thanks for uh, taking our call, and we'll have a chat with you uh, later on if that's okay with you. Yeah, perfect. Sounds great, mate. All right, mate. Will you uh, enjoy your off season? Um, get some more confidence into that knee, and uh, get another golden boot, mate. Cheers, fellas. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mitch. That was Mitch Coleman, the superstar down at Peel United. Uh, yeah, we had to. I had to. Liverpool. Crikey. Well, we go on the air, lads. Um, Leeds and Newcastle. Newcastle for Tony. Yeah, good on you, boys. <laughs> 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 Listeners already know my uh, my allegiance there. We got plenty more to come. We're going to have the Perth. Glory superstar fan Matt Stacey on very shortly. He's going to tell us everything that's going on in that space. Plus, you still have that chance to win one of ten free double passes to tonight's game at Fortress Macedonia. All you have to do is go to the World Football Program Facebook page, become a member there, or group, uh, like, whatever, tick that box at the top there if you haven't already. And then when you put in a message, uh, just answer the 
simple question of who is Sam Kerr? And the answer is Sam Kerr. All right, that's all you have to do to win double passes to tonight's game. Stick with us, plenty more to come. You're on the World Football Program with Blaine Treadgold, Tony Campbell and your host, Hugh Best. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And that in the background was the Perth Glory Superstar uh, fan, Matt Stacey. Morning, Matt. How are you today? Really good. Start of a new season. You're beauty. <laughs> Matt, I was going to uh, open up with the, uh, the ownership group. You've got no news for us, have you? Oh, the only news I have, it's going to be an Australian person taking over group. Vincent. So I expect, I expect it's the one that was already leaked ages ago. Vince Grilla, he's Australian. Yes. Is it, so it's going to be the Catania Group. Ah, uh, I, I would say so. Oh, sensational! Right, that is good news. Well, allegedly, you know, all the views and opinions that are expressed on the World Football Program are those specifically of the author and do not necessarily reflect <laughs> the station, its members, or its board. So, um, you know, let's just keep that in mind. I've got to put that in every time I'm on the air because, Huey, you've done it again, son. Matt, how was the mini tour of Judy down to Bunbury, mate? Oh, that was good. It wasn't really a tour of Judy, it was just a few of us went up. You but had a, no, no, no real tour. You had a bus. That's a tour, mate. Come on. <laughs> no, not really. Oh, I, can, I can do a, a quick um, poll here. If you've got a bus and you're going to a uh, football game, there's one hand for a tour, there's um, two hands for a no, tour, no, there's three no for a bus. tour, mate. Uh, there was no bus. What? Eventually. <laughs> oh, the, no. bus, the, bus, the bus didn't happen. Oh. So it was people who drove up. So it's not a tour then. Fair enough. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there was a bus on there. Could mate. be a convoy if there's a few cars in convoy. a row. Could be yeah. a convoy. Convoy. Yeah. Convoy works. Convoy works. <laughs> Matt, how have you seen um, 
the men's side in their friendlies, mate. You've seen all of them, I take it? All, all of them apart from the state games. Right. Um, honestly, I see them playing very, very well, mm-hmm. gelling very well together. And the combos, even though we lost the last one to Melbourne Victory, yeah. but they were trying lots of different things. And some of our key players weren't playing like Taggart and that, weren't playing that game. A lot of our younger boys were playing that game, so it was giving minutes into the younger boys. Yeah, and do you feel that that's going to be the the benchmark for the season, that um, we won't necessarily be relying on the the skill sets and the talent that is Adam Taggart, uh, that players will be, probably names that we're not fully familiar with, will be stepping up and, and, and making an impact? But potentially, it's hard to say at the moment, but <laughs> yeah, then, 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 then again, Taggart will have to be on the pitch quite a lot of the time, mm. being his co- co-captain. That's right. Co-captain, superstar striker, uh, you know, big name signing. Uh, yeah. And hopefully over his but injury I, concerns. Yeah, but I'm actually happy they got co-captains because now we've got someone at the back who can deal with the people at the back line mm. and now we can keep someone dealing with the front. Yep, that, yep that's fine. Yeah, exactly right. It, yeah. I don't know about you boys, but, um, you know, the, the days of the, the goalkeeper as the captain, I've always found that a bit odd, you know. How can yeah. you how can you get your midfielders and your strikers on the same game page when you're you know ninety yards back going mate mate? Well, Cut. they always say that the goalkeeper's got the best view of the pitch, though, don't they? They, they do. Just, everything's in front. That's so. that's true, true enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I suppose. Yeah, the best view and the loudest voice. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. Matt, we're kicking off tonight. How excited are you, mate? I'm really excited about this one. And why so, mate? Because. Because I can't see the girls losing very many games, if any. Fortress Massey. Yeah, they've built a such as talking to some of them. They've said they've had such a good pre-season and gelled so so well. They just don't. They, they just seem so happy. The happy squad is a successful squad. We've seen that in, yeah. in all sports, but particularly in football. You've got those fractions between. You know, the midfield or the defence or the strikers, you're never going to get uh, the success you are looking for. But uh, that's, that's good news. Uh, and and that they've, um, the recruitment has been very good with all our extra players like the Filipinos and the one from England, our English player, yep. they're really key players for us. And, and Tia Stoyhill signed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that, that I was really excited to see Tia back in the in the glory uh, setup. I've always rated her as a superstar striker and mm. I've often thought, you know, why you know, opportunities maybe um maybe we're we're gonna go past her. But to get her back into the into that setup, uh I'm yeah, like you say, mate, I'm I'm super excited. Tash Reed be down the back. Well it's it's pleasing to see that there's I think Alexa Parkers has come under a yeah. little bit of uh, fire um initially from the local community saying where are all the WA players that have got a bit of uh, yeah. talent now and I think he might have heated a little bit of that because there's a real WA flavour. You talk about Tia Stonehill, there's Grace Johnston's come yeah. in, uh Tanika Lala who's showing some great form at NTC. These are all graduates. Hannah Lowry, Hannah Lowry another yeah. one there. So there's a real WA flavour, but I think she he's really topped up well with the other internationals, as Matt suggests. So uh, that, that's an interesting point you make there, Blade. Have, do you feel that previous coaches, and we're not, we're not naming names, but previous coaches have 
to their detriment, overlook the, the talent that's available here in, in this state? Well, I think it's got to be noted that we don't here in Western Australia play at the same level as what they do over uh, in New South Wales and Victoria. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. I, I think that's... That's 100%. So, 100%. I mean, if you, it's that kind of thing. If you're good enough, you're old enough kind of thing. And if you want to get, you know, you want to get up to this level of playing A-League, W-League football... Unfortunate as it is, you might have to go and try your luck over East because the standard is just that bit higher and the stepping stone's a bit closer. Well, they say you know New South Wales League is yep. effectively is the second division. Absolutely, you know. Yeah. Um, and you can see that when we do the FA Cup, the results. Yep. They're big score lines sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And that's our best NPL teams. Yeah, yeah. It's just unfortunate, but I think that's the way it is. But, uh, yeah, I think it's great to see that we have got a bit of a WA flavour and Alex has certainly thrown his trust in uh, plenty of uh, WA talent that's coming through. Yeah. Your thoughts on that, Matt? Yep, I totally agree with everything. And I do have something else to say. You don't know if you guys have mentioned it about Paramount Plus has now got the rewind and pause feature for the Ailey games this season. Didn't they have that? No. No. Well, no. Which one was I? Was, was that Optus? Or Optus, Optus oh. does it, but Paramount hasn't. It's been a big bugbear of the fans. I know through the uh, Football Supporters Association, Matt, they've been really big on that. Uh, we're big on accessibility, and it was you come in half an hour late for the game, you want to be able to check it out. You, you've got to wait for the game to finish before you can go back and watch it from the start. So okay, There was a lot of bugs there with Paramount yeah, last year, yeah, wasn't there? Was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of issues. Yeah, yeah. Simon Hill was one of the great fans of the show. So we, we love Paramount Plus. They're great. They're <laughs> <laughs> Terrific service, we love them. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I've got so many different ways to, to watch football. They keep they all merge into each other. Yeah. But they've always had that. No, they haven't. <laughs> Matt, yeah. what else you got for us, mate? You must have something oh, else. How's the, uh, well, the how's the shed boys? Well, the shed boys are good. They're um, obviously, hopefully, we're going to be getting quite a big number down to the game tonight. Mm-hmm. Because this year we're focusing on not just the men. The, Good. The, we've got a big emphasis. We want more people at the women's games this season. And do you do you feel that that's going to happen with the um, with the the, the flow on good feel effect of the women's World Cup and how well the Matildas went? You, do you see that we can get Fortress Macedonia, you know, to the rafters? Yes, and especially even though we've had a few changes to the fixtures that a lot of people are winced about, but they those ones can't be changed. But a lot of the fixturing times are a lot better than they have been all for since day one. We're not going to so, four o'clock kickoffs in the middle of the summer again, are we? Well, that's what you've got now with these changes, yeah, unfortunately. There we come on. They're, they're not changes, but there are, there are there are only two games being changed, so it's not it's not. It's not do or die. Yeah. They had to be changed. Yeah. I'd yeah. rather have changes that suit us or not, you know what I mean, not change the day or too much. It's only, they're, they're minor changes people can put up for two games. <laughs> well, I guess the, the whole idea of these changes, Matt, is to help the sides out that are competing in Asia. So yeah. um, give them a little bit more of a chance. Of course, we know with the travel and it, it might just be the fact that we can't get on this flight, but we can get on the other one. That It might be as simple as that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and I'm looking forward to the men's game, apart from what Glory did to me. Why, what did Glory... Uh, <laughs> hang on, hang on a minute. You know, can we put this on air or not? No, yeah. I'm, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. Which one is it, Matt? Yeah. Is it, yeah? What yeah, happened? Yeah. What, what happened, mate? Um, my seat that I had last season. Oh, no. 
Um, they moved me after the second game at HBF Park. They moved me back to where I normally would be, the yeah. sign. But they, they forgot to register it when they into their computer system. So now I'm back to where they put me before the changes and can't move me back because they've sold all the tickets. Oh, no. Yeah, so I'm not with everyone I want to be with, everyone who used to know, knows me. So quite, quite, quite unhappy in that sense. No, no, Matt. It, it's an opportunity to make new friends and more people to get to know the wonderfulness that is Matt Stacey. That's exactly right. You can spread your spirit around to the new, new, uh, new fans around you. Uh, yeah, but remember when you're being like me, you need the people around you that know who you are because you don't, you don't want people complaining too much. Oh, come on, mate. If they're going to complain about your passion, send them my way, mate. I'll tell them what's going on. Yeah. Now, Matt, the uh, the double header that's coming up for the uh, the Perth Glory, um, men and women. You want to give that a uh, another plug before we let you go, please. Oh, obviously the double header next weekend, the twenty second. Mm-hmm. The the men, the women are playing first, and the men are playing second. But I actually would have liked it the other way around. Right. I would have loved, I would have loved the men to be the opener for the women. Why would you say that, Matthew? I mean, uh, either way is fine by me, but uh, I'm interested in your view on that one. Well, people would have stayed around from the men's game for the women's game, or you might just get people coming into the men's game, mm. not not staying for the women's game, so you would have actually had a better flow. We've had that before, though, Matthew, where the women were the second game and you could hear the crickets. Mm. Yeah, do you, you you remember that uh, when we were doing that at HBF Park? Yeah, but that was different times. And then with the Women's <laughs> World Cup, I would have gone with the momentum and had had it as the bigger game. Okay. Because remember, remember this this round, a lot of the games are being played at all the big stadiums this weekend. We're the only game being played not in a big stadium. Do you have any insight as to why that is, Matthew? Is it stadium unavailability or is it just a cost factor, the fact that we don't yet have an ownership group that uh, uh, can fund that sort of move? Cost. It would be cost okay. money for HBF Park for how much it costs to have an open ball game. But we've, we've seen the atmosphere at Fortress Massey and, uh, you know, ideally, again, to mention what Blaine was saying, that Simon Hill... Why we don't have the the stadiums made for for our game, uh, Fortress Massey at the moment, you know, you get that packed. It's uh, it's a fair, fairly boisterous atmosphere, uh, fairly intimidating to some of the uh, the away sides that have, have rocked up. From what I've seen, I think if you get yeah. boutique little stadiums and you fill it up with ten thousand, yeah. it's better than that than. Having a 25,000 with 10,000 people in mm, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's a good call. Matt, what I was leading into, the um, the shoe bar where the Glory Boys are going to be, you want to give us some information about that for the doubleheader, please, before we let you go? The, dub, the doubleheader, I think they're meeting about... People can get there from 12, obviously, when it opens, but yep. from 12. And then if they contact the Glory Shed on our Facebook page and want to join our social club, that's... Forty dollars, mm-hmm. they would get twenty percent off match days, food and drink 
on Perth Laurie men match days. Will there be a march to, from there for the women's game or is it just going to be for the men's game? Uh, I'm not quite sure ah. yet. We've got, obviously, we got our meet, we got our next committee meeting tomorrow okay. in the lead-up to the season, so stuff will obviously come out. But I would imagine, there, well, as far as I'm aware, the plan is they're going to meet and go to the women's game. <laughs> but obviously, there'll be people staying and just doing the men's game. Uh, stop out. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. But, oh, go on, sorry. So if anyone's interested, okay. there will be sign-ups at the shoe bar because the committee will, most of the committee members will be there. And if you see any of the Glory Shed people at the women's game and people wanting to sign up, they can always find us, especially Dave Winkler, who's the president of the Shed. Mm-hmm. Yep, Dave will always make himself known, that's for sure. Matt, yeah. and, we, and we would love as many social yeah. club members as possible. Yeah. I'm because happy. if you're a social club member, you're able to come on our annual tour of duty because that, that gets you on tour. And that is where again, thank you, Matthew. We're going to Melbourne City in, all, in April. Melbourne. Yeah, one of my least favourite cities. That, that's okay. That's just me. Well, it, <laughs> I, I can't get my head around that hook turn. <laughs> it was the only literal one we could do oh, no, this you season. Said that. You said that. Yeah, it was. Uh, unfortunately, you know, that was the, that was it. But better to have a tour of duty than no tour of duty. Yes. And everyone wanted to go back to Melbourne this season. Fair so enough. that helped. It surely does. Matt, thank you very much for joining us. You stay safe, uh, and we look forward to having a chat with you later on during the season. Um, anything else you want to leave us with? Go. And, and I hope I see you guys tonight at the game. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to see whether my media pass has rocked up yet. Because <laughs> oh, I'm not eligible to win the free double passes that are available if you go to the World Football Programme Facebook page. How do you win them? How do you win them? You need to answer the question of who is Sam Kerr, and you just put in the answer, Sam Kerr. There it is. Simple as. Matt, thank you very much for joining us. You stay safe. I'll see you tonight, mate. Okay, bye. Cheers, pal. Ta-da. That was Matthew Stacey, the rather disgruntled Sir Perth superfan. Bump from his seat. That's, seat. <laughs> That's Oh, come on, mate. He, like, he's been in that seat for literally forever. Mm. How do you get bumped from a seat that... Well, that's like we see in Premier League. Like, people have tickets and it's their yeah. seat. That's where they sit, you know, they, and they do. They make, you, meet, you meet yeah, meet friends, you, yeah. you make yeah, exactly. acquaintances. Right. That's it. You have your, your group. They know who you are. You know who they are. You have chats. You, you know, well, at a, another particular code that's played at a slightly bigger stadium, the, the lovely lady next to me, she, she brings me in the Vegemite lettuce sandwiches. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> She's a Vegemite lettuce. Yeah, have you not had, Never had lettuce, lettuce with Vegemite before? No. And I said to her, like, okay, you, you can church this one up. If you just put a slice of cheese in there, that, that, yeah. that's fun days. Vegemite cheese and lettuce. Give it a go, boys. It is. Okay. Oh. So we go for lunch a bit yeah. later on. Breakfast yeah. of champions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's gone off track. Uh, just a lot there. Joining us next will be Alexandra Lyons, the UWA NFC president. And she'll be talking to us all about what's happening there, her time as president and the recent promotion of UWA NFC into the women's NPL. You've got Blaine, Tony and Hugh on the air for the World Football Programme, Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. 
You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au. Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Raw Tine is a fourth generation family business. Bring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Raw Tine. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And that is the station you're listening to. It has just gone 20 minutes past 11am on another gorgeous day here in Borloo. And joining us on the line now is Alexandra Lyons, the UWA NFC president. Good morning, Alexandra. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Nice. Um, been listening to the show so far and look, I'm really excited to join. Yeah, and uh, as I said to you uh, while I was calling you up, you've been listening to the show and you still wanted to join us. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Huey on air, that's, yeah, good work. Alexandra, can you give us the Alexandra Lyons story, please? Sure. Um, yeah, so I'm Alexandra Lyons. Most people at the club call me Richie because I hate my name being abbreviated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's why I asked that question when I got in touch. With you. Which one did you prefer? And I've got the boys on track to uh, to make sure they they address you correctly. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. So I so I'm the president at UWA Netherlands Football Club. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been at the club for the last uh, ten seasons, having moved to Perth from Albany to study at UWA, mm-hmm. um, and recently kind of found a, a community um, and a you know second third family yeah. here. To be honest. Um, have been part of the women's first team set up sort of since then, gone through a variety of... We started in the Premier League and then we went yep. down and we went back up yep. again and then back down to the uh, Division One until until now. Um, but, yeah, over the last sort of six years, I've held a few different roles within the um, management of, of the club and stepped up into the president role uh, in, in May this year. Alexandra, I hope you're well. Uh, who was your club down in Albany? Mm. Uh, I was at uh, Albany Royal, okay. um, which I think actually folded this year. They did. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Huge, hi- huge football history down in Albany. Oh, it's mm. massive. Sensational. Yeah. 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 The Royals, yeah. Uh, we won't go into that one. That's, uh, that's a sad story. Uh, how did uh, you... Uh, right. You had a good time. You had a good run. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> how did you assess your, uh, your 2023 season? I 
So how would I go about twenty three three? How would you? Was, yeah. Uh, how did you assess it? Yep. Yeah. So I probably I think as a team we probably didn't have quite all of the results that we wanted. Um, kind of on in, in the points of like three or three points or so. Um, obviously we won the night series final, which was mm-hmm. incredibly exciting. Yeah, given yeah. that we. Um, had, had come runner-up for the prior two years. <laughs> yeah. um, and playing against those young NTC girls, they're so talented. Um, and it, that even just to play against girls of that calibre um, is really great to see where the future of football is going. Um, but from our own perspective, you know, finishing third was not exactly what we wanted. Um, but I think when you look into the actual goals that we as a team wanted to achieve, like we wanted to um, some bring bring some young, young new players in to get... Um, sort of a different bit of experience for those girls. Um, we wanted to play an exciting, attacking kind of brand of football, which I think we did. We mm-hmm. moved, um, moved to a three-five-two wow. um, formation, which is not a, a common one, particularly in the um, in women's league. Yeah, when I play football manager, that, that, that's the one I go for. So you're using wing backs <laughs> there, yes? Yeah, uh, yeah, living on the edge, really. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> kind of, notice it. Um, I'm loving it. Um, it's it good, it's, good it's got back actually the three five two just yeah. playing just playing in uh, with in, in the state league there was in the reserves I'm helping out with and there was about four or five teams who played three five two, it's it's coming back a little bit. Yeah, look, it, it gave us some different kind of options to play with. Um, it also made us start to to think as better footballers as well. I think um, particularly you can kind of get stuck into some into routines and ways of doing things, mm. and then but you've got to challenge yourself. You've got to learn to be a better player. And to think, to think better, to be able to problem solve, to be able to work in a few different um, sets of formations, and that's what makes you, um, you know, a standout player or a team. And so, while we didn't always get exactly the results we wanted, when we understood why those didn't happen, sometimes um, we still achieved what we wanted to on the field, um, on the whole, um, and, and had a had a good happy season. I was just going to say, with I think what you what you've just said there is, is nailed it perfectly. It's it, you know I think we mentioned early in the show about you know the the, the curriculum, the FFA curriculum four three three. You have all these players coming yeah. up, boys and girls coming up, and that this is the only way to play. And and yeah. but when you get to when you get to seniors, as you said, you you change your system because that's you found that was a system that worked for you, and that that's what senior football is all about. And I think you, you, you're challenging players to be able to think. And when you have a system, when you've got this one system that everyone has to play. It, it doesn't create better players because when you get to senior football, it is about winning. It is about getting results. It's also the opposition who they are probably expecting the the, the four three three and they go, oh, hang on a minute, what? Ha, who, who's my player? Who am I? Who am I meant to be market? And and the two strikers up front, so I've, I can never understand, particularly when they were going to that um, the five four one. It's like a lone striker? You kidding? You lone striker? Basically, the, the Mark Faduka, you got your back to goal, feeding it backwards. Mm. You're never scoring goals that way. How did you find the two strikers uh, uh, combining together this season, Alexandra? Um, I found it quite a, quite fun, actually. Yeah. I, I play like a number six mm-hmm. kind of role, and what I'd find is uh, I like having more um, sort of options to play to up front. Yeah. Like we've been a, a team that has been traditionally very strong on the wings, really fast um, technical um, and strong wingers, but then to be able to have this additional um, option where they could make that deep run um, kind of towards us to be able to move that ball out of the back where we play out, out from the back a lot and to be able to have that kind of additional forward one to move the ball up quickly um, was good and we had you know, we had quite a few um, good strikers who are all um, very different players as well and to see them be able to 
combine in different different ways and learn off each other um, and, and play off each other each week um, was really uh, quite fun. Quite fun, even though I wasn't involved, directly involved that time. <laughs> Uh, Alexandra, big news this week, of course, um, around UWA, and I guess um, that you'll be involved in the in the top division next year. And everyone's got their different opinions about how that how that uh, came about. We won't go into that, but do you feel you're ready as a club to take that next step? Uh, yes, we do. Um, sort of categorically, we we feel we're ready. Um, we've been working towards this for several years now. Um, I guess as as a club, I think we've always been a good club for women's and girls, um, but for quite a long time, it wasn't always by design. Mm-hmm. It was just by, kind of by luck of having the right people and the right culture. Yep. Um, but a few years ago, we decided, no, we need to make sure that this is sustainable, that this continues in the way we want it to, a bit more strategically, um, and put together our first female football plan, and in that first year, doubled our number of junior girls. Teams, Excellent. So trying to show that it was working in, in what it was trying to do. Um, and we've been setting up behind the scenes, MPL for a long time. Um, obviously, our facilities are, could, you know, they could be better. Um, <laughs> been down to Portsmouth recently, yeah. um, or you know, any time in the last fifty years. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, we're, we've able to be work around all those things and, and make it make it fit for purpose there. And then, PF's um, been preparing all of our, you know, our sporting kind of credentials and criteria ready to go. Like we know that it's not going to be a um, easy first season. Um, if it was going to be, it wouldn't be the kind of competition <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into. Yeah, yeah. Um, we know that we'll need to sort of recruit some players in um, to complement the team, the players that we um, that will will go up. Um, but yeah, we think we're ready. We think we've got all the the different ingredients and the recipe to to succeed up there, and we're excited to bring something new into the into the league and what you know hasn't really changed a huge amount in the last four years um, to bring some kind of new energy and, and new um, opportunities for people who are looking for, for something a little bit different. And I guess we just touched on a little bit about this way this came about. I guess just in your opinion, would you prefer just to have seen a straight kind of promotion relegation type setup Ooh. and everyone kind of promoted yeah. on their merit rather than, I guess, um, you know, all the other ways that, yeah. it, that it may have gone down? We, we discussed on a few times in the show that, uh, you know, first past the post, there's no argument where you go. Yeah. But your views on that one, please, Alexandra. Yeah, sure. So... I think that that would be completely fine if everyone was setting was set up in a way that mm, was um, yep. good for the growth of the, the female game. Um, I, I think when I th- when I think back to five six years ago when it was just the Premier League and it didn't have this same kind of um, structure or yep. requirements around mm. it, that the improvement and maybe not everyone agrees, but the improvement that we've seen um, once the MPL has come to its maturity. In, in developing uh, high-quality players that are able to get these, you know, young Matilda opportunities, these glory opportunities, I don't think that that necessarily would have come about if we were still just letting teams come up based on the success of, of one team, um, without all the backroom staff, without all the um, the structures and and just sustainability and governance around it. That's actually really important if mm. you want to make um, sort of build that legacy um, and have sustained success. I think that. By, by demonstrating, like, this is actually just good club stuff. To, to meet all the, the criteria to go up is actually just really demonstrating that you've got your, you've got all your ducks in a row and you're operating um, in the right way as a um, as a club. I think the facilities thing, that's yeah. a bit difficult. And I'm, I, I absolutely sympathise with clubs that don't have the, the right facilities because that's been our biggest 
struggle. And I think that there's, that's the, probably the only area that I would say there could be some some lenience on. Mm-hmm. But all the other the other four sets of criteria that you need to meet are actually just just good practice club stuff. Does the um, and and should be should be done anyway. Does the fact that you've got criteria make it easier for you to go to local councils and yeah. say, hey, this is what we need to be able to reach the top division within your, I guess, um, LGA? Uh, it, it would be. We're not on a local council ground no. for us, okay. personally. Sure. Um, we're Sports Park is private um, ground, which has its own... Um, I mean, I mean, well, I'll ask the same question again. Does it make it easier to go to the people that run the UWA yeah. grounds and say, hey, we need A, B, C, D? Yeah. Uh Yes, it's good to give them kind of that wish list, and then this is this is what we need. It still needs to be you know work into getting it actually to happen. Yeah, well, um, we've seen that with are, sorry, yeah, we've seen not, that with an ECU when when uh, the ECU Jindalup were, were there, they they did the same thing with with that university board and went we need, and they sort of went well you know, but eventually that's there. So you're not playing at uh, on the Netherlands foreshore anymore. Uh, we still we still have. Um, activity down on the Netherlands foreshore. We've got four different venues. Yeah. So we're a club of about 1,500 members, so we do use a number of venues. Um, so yeah, we do have the foreshore as well, um, as well as College Park, Mount Claremont Oval, and then Sports Park, which is uh, the Oval being yeah. our home. And I did enjoy uh, refereeing down at the at the Netherlands Foreshore where the police would be the uh, the water uh, ball boys coming home with a, with a net. Here's your ball back. Thanks, mate. <laughs> That's how yeah, I used, to, I used to coach under nine skills down there. Um, I played a lot that, of fun. Played there once with my, uh, I think it was under nines, I think, turns, and everyone think, oh, yeah, down at Netherlands and, you know, looking across the river. Yeah. And it absolutely bucketed down oh, wind <laughs> coming <laughs> off, the, off the river. It was, you know, it wasn't as pleasant as um, possibly a early season or late season game. It was. <laughs> it was pretty horrific. Um, yeah. Now, uh, Alexandra, you've got uh, for this upcoming season, 2024, uh, the opportunity for Masters to join. Uh, that's exciting news. Yes, yeah, so the the Women's Masters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a league that's been trying to get off the ground for a while yeah. now. Um, we're hoping to uh, put a team in. We've tried in the past, but we left it a little bit too late. Um, <laughs> but we'll be putting in a bit more of a concerted effort now. Particularly out of the after the women's World Cup, I think that not only did that inspire um, girls, but also like some of the older women who maybe didn't get the opportunity when they were growing up, just because like women's football, you didn't have those yeah. opportunities or they were actively discouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually ran a, a like an over thirties come and try soccer session with um, which we got a lot of sort of mums down uh, from. From within the club and also just community members down and had our, our um, coaches, our women's coaches, give them the real, here, here are the basics and here's how to kick a ball, here's how to trap a yeah. ball, here's um, that. And we did that for, I think, three or four weeks and it was, it was really fun. Um, and not only do I think that if we can get a team in there and that the league stands up as a whole, it'll be better for players who are looking for that step down, but also... I think it's a great role modelling for um, older women and, and mums to, to show mm. their kids that sport doesn't stop when you're, uh, you know, you're a kid. And we see the, the dropout rates of uh, sport at um, sort of the older teenage levels being really high. Um, you know, if people see that their parents are still playing, and not just their, their dad playing over 55s or <laughs> 45s on the weekend, but their mum playing as well, as I think that's really inspiring um, and really great for sort of our community as a whole. Yeah, no, that's uh, fair enough. Um, so you've um, 
You've got some trials coming up, uh, uh, Alexandra. Do you, do you want to uh, promote those for us? Yeah, so we've got trials coming up in, um, I think, mid-November yep. for the MPL 21s and, and first team. The 14th and that, the 16th of November is what I've got in front of me. Uh, yeah, the, the two Tuesdays and Thursdays in the middle of November. That's I actually true. haven't got that up. In, <laughs> I have. I, I, can, I can do it if for you. If you've got it up, then yep. that's correct. So um, hold on to your hats, correct. listeners. I've done some research. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rarity. Yeah, so we've got the, uh, the yeah. dates for the NPLW and under-21s. It's Tuesday the 14th and Thursday the 16th at 6.30 and uh, 6.30 to 8pm. And then the second week is Tuesday the 21st and Thursday the 23rd. Yeah. So you so can see... Send... Go. Yeah, they'll be led by our sort of head coach, um, Lawrence Lewis, who mm-hmm. will be um, staying on from his sort of successful last few years as the Women's Division One coach um, and female technical director, yep. um, but we'll be announcing the rest of our coaching staff um, in the early next week. Yep, and they'll be held um, at the UWA so Sports Park. And if you not, uh, yeah. well, if you feel that the NPL. W is not not your league. Then you've got trials for the uh, Division One and Division Four Central leagues and the uh, the Metro leagues. And they're, um, the Metro leagues open training. It's not trials. You just rock on. You want to play? Rock on down. Uh, so the Metro leagues Tuesday the twelfth and Thursday the fourteenth of December, and the Central leagues uh, starting Tuesdays and Thursdays from the twenty eighth of November as well. And they're all at six thirty uh, kick off to eight pm at UWA Sports Park. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Yeah, thanks for the plug. Um, and anyone who, who wants to uh, see a bit more about what uh, women's and girls' football is like at UWA Netherlands, um, head on to our website um, onto the page where we have our um, newly refreshed female football plan. We've just released, re-released. Has everything from our like selection practices, um, the what what expectations are of players, what what you can expect from the club. Um, the the various sort of pathways, mm-hmm. uh, all, all the all the frequently asked questions that we have, um, and then also our strategy on a page for the next few uh, years. Um, now that we're in our MPL era, hopefully for the next few years. Yeah, and can you give us just a brief rundown on what that strategy is? I mean, you're forward thinking as a club, you're forward thinking as a president. How how high? I mean, I know there's very <laughs> clubs don't often like to put a a barrier on how high, but how high? Um, so from our sort of performance side, uh, we'll initially be looking, obviously, to stay up, um, mm-hmm. hopefully aiming sort of mid-table for next year. I know that might be ambitious. We actually think that's quite um, doable. Yeah. Uh, where you get the, the right people in and, and bringing the best of what we've already got and what um, is out there together. We think that the mid-table is doable uh, for next year. And then we'll be looking to really consolidate our place in the league um, and start bringing through... Um, some of the juniors as well. Um, so we'll, we'll look at league placings, but also what we're actually producing in the background as being measures of success. Are we bringing players in through our junior ranks? Mm. Are we getting those opportunities for them? Armonies and making state teams. We've got a couple of our junior girls who have made state teams um, as some of the only non-NTC players who have made them, mm-hmm. made those teams this year. We, you know, can we keep doing that? Can we keep getting kids selected for NTC? Um, so there'll be all those kind of input and output kind of um, metrics, but the the plan isn't just for the performance teams. We do there's kind of three three strategic pillars um, as part of the plan. There's that performance stream. There's um, there's a stream about what we want to achieve in the community um, and for the Sunday league 
girls and women um, because they're just as important as the the performance um, stream uh, and a really big part of our culture as a club and how we've kind of got to this point. Just sorry, I I was just going to say, you know, with the, the, the other streams, because um, I know um, with uh, with with the boys when they when they send NPL, there's there's quite a reluctance sometimes to, for want of a better word, drop down. So if you're not playing NPL, mm. and sometimes actually some of the boys are actually dropping out completely. So if they're not making the 18 squads, is it similar? Is it similar or different with the with the women's teams and girls moving up? So if they're they're going through that pathway and they're maybe not quite ready, or that, for example, obviously you weren't in the NPL last year. Was it? Was it? How was your recruitment in terms of? Was it? Was that always a little bit difficult because it was that we have to play MPL? You know, for those the ones who really wanted to go. I mean, but no one wanted to drop down, even though it may mean they could play first first team in Div One, mm. um, but they'd rather play, you know, under twenty yeah. ones, uh, sit on the bench for under twenty ones in MPL because there's this kind of badge that definitely in the boys it's 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 ridiculous. It's they, they literally <laughs> would rather have the badge and play under fourteens and maybe play. If, 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 you know, of 15s or 16s, or play under 15s and, and uh, with a badge instead of playing under 18s, yeah. Div One State Team. Is it similar with with the girls and the and and going into the women's or the women's coming down? Is is the women stop or you know is it how does that work? Because obviously we've gone to the NPL with the women as well. Is is this that yeah. kind of sort of prestige, so-called prestige, um, and no one wants to drop down or how do you find it? I think there's some element of that. I think the men's and the um, women's and boys and girls games are a little bit different. Uh, like I, I do, I, knew, I do know of plenty of stories of, of women playing overage women playing longer than they maybe need to, depending on what your outcome is looking for in, in the under twenty ones as overage players. Um, but I think it could, I think there's it's probably a little bit of the MPL prestige, but generally to date, um, they're not being an MPL girls league. That badge probably doesn't mean as much yeah. as your friendship and the because um, because girls tend to move in in groups they move in friendship groups yes they do um, and it, there's, there's less of the the sort of seeking jumping around between clubs to, to find the best individually for you it does happen and it's going to you know in the amount of that it happens will increase as the opportunities for girls um, to actually consider football as a career increase so we will see that increase. And it's a, probably not that big of a thing at the moment. However, I think for us, another reason we really wanted to become an MPL club is that you know we've been producing some amazing junior girls um, teams and players over the years. Um, so I'm really starting to see that that move on to other clubs around the sort of under 15, 16 mm. mark. If they didn't really feel that UWA would become a viable MPL um, destination as a senior, yeah. Um, so you know there's. There's that reason for us to want to, to be that, to kind of do that for the, the girls and give an eighth club that has an actual junior pathway as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's uh, that, that's 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 kind of what you want. I mean, I you know, I, with, with the with the school I, the school work that I see with um, with the girls, um, there is after you that that little bit of dropout sometimes, and uh, it definitely there's that, that more of that social element, and it's just. Which actually is is more beneficial than not. I mean, it can work the other way sometimes, but having that social element is, uh, mm. I think, I think it, it keeps girls in in the game a bit more than than it than it, the same effect with the boys to a degree. Um, but it is it is a concern because I, I you know I look at the boys with, mm. with that sort of NPL badge and, and I sort of sometimes look at how the how it went with the girls and the women. I'm just thinking, I was thinking we're saying with Blaine is that sometimes we, we've got to look at that grassroots. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the NPL top level, yes, that's great. 
that we want to build numbers, and sometimes I think with the with the boys side when the NPLs come in, it it's 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 it can work in the opposite a little yeah. bit. And my fear for the girls is that if it's we do, you don't want to be going down the direct path of what with the boys, and yeah. it just feels like maybe hopefully that's not going to be the case, and that's set up better in the mistakes from the what happened with the boys. Well, I guess with the boys, we seem to see a little bit more of a free market, don't we? We see a lot of people movement, a lot of player movement, movement within within clubs. But I guess on Alexandra's part, it's all about building a culture yeah. and making sure that mm. you've got players that want to be yeah. there. Yeah, and uh, just before we let you go, Alexandra, because we've got a big show, we've got Miranda, uh, who's just come out of the voting booth and gone, when am I on? Uh, she'll be on very, very <laughs> shortly. Uh, I'll just leave with, uh, with what you put on your... Um, on your strategic plan. It's going to be a big few years and we can't wait to have you along for the ride. Just before we let you go, Richie, just give that plug on how people can get on that uh, that ride to become part of a brand new and exciting era at UWA NFC female program. Yeah, thank you. So there's heaps of ways you can become involved, whether you want to be part of, be a player at any level, whether you want to be um, you know, an NPL first team starter, part of our 21s, or be part of the broader club, um, just head to our website, um, www.uwanfc.com.au and follow. There's plenty of um, sort of clear instructions how to get to the expressions of interest. Yep. If you want to come on board as a coach, we're always looking for, for coaches to drive um, the success at the grassroots and also sort of higher, um, as well as if you just want to become a supporting member, follow us on our social yep. media, come down to our game, um, support our sponsors, become a sponsor, there's so many ways to become involved in, in our club, in any club. It doesn't need to be on the field. Um, we're kind of the product of, of many different hands and many different um, people's ideas. So, um, yeah, just reach out through any of our website or our social media um, and we'll, yeah, happily welcome you into the WA Netherlands community. Excellent. Thank you very much for joining us, Alexandra. I really do appreciate the time you've given us to this show and we will be in touch with you again uh, very shortly, if that's OK with you. Yeah, thank you. Oh, sensational. Thank you very much. You have a great day. Thank you. Bye. That was Alexandra Richie Lyons, the UWA NFC president, and exciting times down there. She said it's going to be uh, fun and games for the next couple of years and jump on board whenever you can. As she said, it's great fun down there. Yeah, I remember refereeing when they were in the NPL and... Yeah, you, you just couldn't get out of the club rooms mm. at the end of it. It's like, no, I'll get you another one, mate. Oh, I've got to drive home, son. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, one more ref, one more ref. <laughs> There's not a referee in the, in the world that says, oh, no, that's all right. <laughs> Allegedly. Anyway, we've got Miranda Templeman lined up. She'll be our last guest here on the show. And then uh, Len will not be in, but we've got uh, Len's bags groove will be kicking off at 12 o'clock if I press the right button in the right order. Plenty more to come. Stick with us. You've got Blaine Tony and Hugh in the studio for just a few more minutes on the World Football Programme, 107.9 Radio Fremantle. You're listening to Radio Fremantle, 107.9. Hey, hey, it's Futsal WA, the leading futsal organisation in Western Australia. With continually growing men's, women's and junior competitions for any ability levels all year and all around Perth, Futsal WA also provides elite development pathways and competitions for juniors, youth and seniors. The fun, fast-paced social aspect of the game could be the perfect fit for you. To enter a team or to find out more, contact us on 0432 745 140 or simply at www.futsalwa.org.au. 
Gate and Fence Hardware WA, your one-stop shop for all gate and fence hardware components, wrought iron, automation and electronic gate security. We can offer great advice and solutions for your project. Trade and layman, welcome. Hardware shipped all over Australia. Contact the team on 92586822 or shop online at gateandfencehardware.com.au Station sponsor. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron is a fourth generation family business. Ring us about your custom gate and fence projects. We can manufacture, install or automate your gates, offer electronic security or simply just provide sound advice. Let our family look after your family. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Call us on 9258-6822. Station sponsor. Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. And that's what you're listening to right now. And apologies for the uh, phone line on that last interview. That was my fault. Oh, it's always me pressing the wrong button. And uh, joining us on the line right now is Miranda Templeman, all the way from Victoria. She knows how badly I can press the buttons in the wrong order. Morning. Uh, good afternoon, Miranda. <laughs> how are you today? Hey, team. How are we going? Yeah, don't giggle. Yeah, I've seen you on the other side of this desk. I've definitely been there, mate. Yeah. Huey's done it again. No, I didn't. <laughs> Miranda, exciting times for you. Um, Championne, how does that sound? Yeah, good. It was a great season in the NPL. Um, <laughs> South Melbourne, good way to cap it off. Um, yeah. First grand final I think I've played in. No. Um, so, yeah, I think so. I'm trying to remember back to all my junior days, but I think that's the first ever grand final I played in, so... I'll take a hundred percent record, <laughs> and a hundred percent of the credit for uh, for getting that uh, trophy. It was, it was all down to Miranda. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I think the girls, great group of girls. Um, a few of them got some A League contracts off the back of that. So wow. yeah, really good group. Well, that uh, leads us into uh, your current status as an A League goalkeeper. You've had uh, your toe in the water last season a couple of times. How's it looking for this season, mate? I am absolutely stoked. It's a great group again. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Jeff, I think, has signed a few more players than he usually was. So <sighs> it's a bit of a fresh group. But yeah. um, it is definitely, yeah, he has this way of picking people that he knows will contribute to the culture of the club and um, the ideas of how we want to play football. And, yeah, it's it's amazing. The the group has gelled. It's a short preseason, only five weeks. But, um yeah, everyone's absolutely pumping and raring to go for tomorrow afternoon. I know. So uh, you will be playing who again, please? We are playing Brisbane Raw at 4pm our time. So that'll be 1pm WA. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, at the at the home of the Matildas, our new home ground. Yeah. So that's been awesome. Um, I'm, you know I'm fishing here. You, you, you want to give me uh, just uh, one name on the uh, starting team sheet? You know, <laughs> you know I, I know Libby... I'm all good. I'm all good. Yeah. You'll find out soon oh, enough. Oh, come on. <laughs> 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 no. Gee whiz, Miranda. I've got you on for one one scoop and you won't even give me that one. <laughs> <laughs> Good, very good starting lineup. Yeah. That's all I can say. With Miranda Templeman uh, in the sticks. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, how are you finding life with Lydia? Uh, Lydia Williams has signed for the Melbourne Victory. 
Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, uh, obviously, last year I had the privilege of working with Casey and yeah. this year Lydia. So, obviously, learning a lot. Um, two very experienced goalkeepers that um, had the privilege of working with. So, yeah, I mean, Lydia's, I mean, her record speaks for itself. I mean, if I have half the career she's had, I'll be very, very happy. Um, yes, it's been amazing so far, and I'm hyped to see um, what she can do back in the A-League. Uh, Miranda, a new recruit this year, just a uh, cheeky name by the name of Elise Kellon Knight. What has she brought to the squad in the preseason, and what do you think she's going to be able to contribute in the way of her experience with this uh, different side to what we saw last year for Melbourne Victory? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a really young side, especially um, in the midfield players we've got. We've got massive talent, um, but a lot of the players are, you know, 21 and younger. So KK obviously brings... Um, a lot of knowledge and experience, and I know she loves giving little tasks to our um, uh, young midfielders every session. She goes, okay, now I want you to focus on this and this, and um, she's definitely uh, really focused on teaching kind of that next generation, and, I mean, there's no doubt to what she brings on the pitch. I mean, that speaks for itself. Yep. Now, with um, the Matilda's Olympic qualifiers coming up, uh, that's going to free up a few spots for maybe a goalkeeper because we see that Lydia Williams <laughs> is in that squad. Um, she's not getting that shirt back, is she? Uh, yeah, I'm not sh- too sure. I haven't actually had a, a big look at it, whether um, we have an international break over the qualifiers oh. or not. Um Cause I'd, from so my, I'd, I'd have to check. Yeah, my understanding is that uh, FIFA tend not to have um, international breaks for the Olympic qualifiers if it's not a yeah okay if it's not a you know FIFA running that particular uh, tournament they uh, they tend not to make that available but it could be a different thing for the uh, for the women being that um, oh, it looks like it goes all the way through yeah yeah so there you go so um, KK and uh, and Lydia will be over here, which is good news for us because we get to see them <laughs> live and better news for uh, one M. Templeman. <laughs> Miranda, has it, have you felt the buzz, I guess, going into this new season off the back of the World Cup? Mm. I mean, we're pretty excited about it. There's some obviously some new initiatives in trying to get particularly young girls to come down and, and support and get involved in, in supporting the game. But are you guys feeling that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our seating, um, grandstand seats sold out within an hour of being released. Wow. Um, that, that's the kind of buzz that, um, yeah, that's coming off the back of this World Cup. We're super excited. There's, um, there's also the National School Championships being held this weekend mm-hmm. um, in Victoria at the home of the Matildas. So we've seen a couple of them training. So speaking to the next generation of kids coming through is, that, is really exciting. Is that exciting. the under-12s? The under-12s competition, yeah. I think? Yeah. Yeah, the under twelve. So I know um, Scott Halpin is uh, mm-hmm. uh, under twelve girls coach. Right, yeah. He was my coach in twenty fifteen, I think it was. Yeah. So um, we've managed to find a time to catch up after the game tomorrow. So I'll have a chat to the young WA girls, which I'm really excited about. But um, yeah, they're all coming to watch uh, the victory game tomorrow afternoon as well. Good one. Give uh, give Scott my love. He uh, he. Yeah, scored one of the greatest Olympicos yeah. in the NSL. Uh, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant from the corner. Hey, take us, uh, take us behind the scenes. Uh, take us behind the scenes in that uh, new home of the Matildas, yeah. where Melbourne Victory is based, and I guess how that might be able to assist you mm. throughout the season, and what it's like to be able to play with those, I guess, top class facilities. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, 
last year it was always something that the club was looking to it's kind of always like the missing piece of the puzzle yeah. way it was um we had a great squad great operationals and stuff but the facilities weren't really matching on uh where we wanted to be as a club and the the kind of image we wanted to create and now this new home is just Absolutely immaculate. I mean, the gym facilities are great. Um, We've got, you know, we can organise breakfast and nutrition and stuff and everything's in one place. And It's just, yeah, amazing. And when you come in, like, in the morning, you feel like, yeah, it's almost like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. And it it drives you, really, to kind of match the standards. I know there's, like, Steph Catley quotes on the walls and photos everywhere. So... Um, yeah, it's a really inspiring facility and we're super lucky to be able to use that. I think that's a huge thing. I mean, we're talking about sort of giving kids an experience of overseas trips, but it's not just the, the actual physical facilities. I think yeah. you said it mentally, you, it, it it prepares you. It, 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 it makes you feel this is where I belong. This is what, this is the level I've made. I'm not just yeah. playing on some little park with dodgy <laughs> change rooms and stuff, which, the, you know, unfortunately yeah. women's game had, you know, for a long period of time. You know, you're actually... You're going in there and you're feeling that, uh, you know, just there's the, there's. Well, this. it's an international facility. Oh, it's yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I went. To, I was lucky to go to St George's Park, and even I wanted to put wow. on a shirt and boots on yeah. and then get out and play. Just it's yeah. just, just not necessarily because of game, just because of facilities, but just that mental that this yeah. is this is it. This is what it feels like. I've I've worked hard, and I guess we're starting to see that with the new state football centre, aren't we? Really, yes, and exactly given, right. You know, yeah, to have amateur cup finals down yeah. there on the beautiful new facilities has yeah. got to be pretty good as well. Yeah, I mean, must must it, it just. It, it just says that the game is there now, you know, that it's, start, it's starting yeah. to get that recognition and, and being part of it. And, um, yeah, it must, be, it must be great to sort of have that, as you said, that feeling. Uh, what yeah, do you reckon, 100%. What do you reckon tomorrow against Brisbane? You're at yeah. home, but yeah. uh, Brisbane might be a bit of a tricky side. Oh, yeah. No, we're very excited. Um, yeah, we've got, obviously, Jamila Rankin's come from Brisbane last year, so I think she'll um, have a point to prove against <laughs> her old club, as you always do. But... Um, no, it's it's definitely going to be an exciting opening fixture. Um, Taking a look at some of their footage and stuff, they're playing quite a unique brand of football. So um, we're yeah trying to not adapt to them, but you know no. know how challenges are, are we're going to come up against, and just focus on playing the style of football we want to play. But it must be tough, just you know, when there's only second spot up for grabs. Because speaking to our last guest, uh, it seems like the Glory Women are going to win every single game. Yeah, that's true. That's, uh, from our last, from our like, Glory yeah, yeah. Superfan, you know, that it was pretty much guaranteed on. So um, to be motivated, just to you know, just yeah, get to just that just second, to spot, second spot, it must be it must be hard. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You're going to let that one slide? <laughs> Come not, on now. Gonna, no reply back on that one. <laughs> We're throwing them at you, Miranda. Nah, you, nah. you can hit them back. <laughs> no, it's good. I think, um, obviously, I think we're looking to go one step further this year. Um, well, I finished fourth last year, then won our prelims, mm. and then lost in the semi. So just mixed out on the big dance, but definitely have a point to prove. We've got a good uh, few rounds. We've got our first four games are in Melbourne, so... Um, yeah. and two of those will be at the home in the Matildas. So, uh, yeah, super excited to kind of create a fortress, and um, that starts tomorrow afternoon being really hard to beat at home. I saw that fixture list. Um, I can't remember. So does that correspond that you'll be having four road trips as well in, in a row or not? I, don't, I can't um, remember it did. No, so we've got, I'm pretty sure we have this week Brisbane, next week Western, mm. Um, and then a home game, and then 
maybe even city. So um, playing in a lot of Melbourne derbies, I'd have to double check. Oh, I, I see. Know. I see. Yeah. So yeah. Um, have Western United opted to play at the home of the Matildas for their home game? Have they? No, no, no. So we'll just be we'll be in Melbourne at uh, where would they play? Stevie yeah. Smith, possibly. Yeah, um, a good question. Where do, where do Western United play? Yeah, that, that stadium. Everywhere is the that answer. stadium that they were going to build <laughs> yeah. in, in there. Yeah. Oh. Do you know where they're yeah, uh, I know. Sorry, go. No, I was just going to say I know Western. We're um, actually trying to um, fight to get the the ground that we've got now at the home of the Matildas. There was a bit of a, a battle going on, but. Um, you know, the best club in Melbourne got to got to take those facilities. So, so Melbourne City are playing there, are they? Miranda, I'm going to have to let you go. Like I said on the uh, on the intro call, I've got uh, a butt kicking in waiting if I don't do the uh, <laughs> do the right thing. So, thank you for joining us. We'll have a chat with you again during the season, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Excellent. Hopefully, we'll be we're flying high. Mid-season. Yeah, yeah. We'll have lots of good news to talk about. Yeah, all right. Good on you. We look forward to that. Miranda Templeman, thank you very much for taking my phone call. You stay safe, and we will see you over here in a uh, victory shirt. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Ta-da, mate. See ya. Bye. 107.9 FM, your local station. 107.